Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Work It, the podcast all about entrepreneurship, hosted by me, journalist Angelica Malin, in collaboration with WorkLife. In season two of Work It, I'm chatting to some of the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the UK, from e-commerce wizards to retail experts, all about their secret recipe for success. If you don't already know, WorkLife has eight amazing co-working spaces across the UK, which provide a unique workspace experience designed around you and your team's happiness. They also have delicious free snacks, which I can personally vouch for. Don't forget to follow at work.life to find out more about WorkLife spaces and book in a free trial day at work.life. On this week's episode, I'm talking to Adam Gore, founder of Find Me a Gift. We talk about the retail industry and how to grow your business exponentially in a crowded marketplace. I hope you enjoy this episode. episode i am joined by adam gore thank you so much for joining me you are the co-founder of findmeagift.com that's it can you tell me a little bit about the company and how it came about yeah so the company was born back in 1999 really when we uh just found it really difficult to find gifts for people you know you'd, you'd traipse the high street all saturday you'd go in all the shops and you'd come out at 5 30 and there'd just be nothing fun or exciting or different so we decided we thought the internet would be a good place to sell stuff so we just decided to start a gift company online. And how did you actually bring it to life? So, like, where did you make the gifts? How did you find it? Like, what did that process look like? Okay, so to start with, we went to all the gift shows and we just bought the gifts from the gift shows. Um, we started in a spare bedroom of someone's house with, uh, like, a £6,000 loan from the bank. I think we launched with about 30 products. And then we just built it up and built it up. And then we got big enough to actually start making them ourselves and designing them ourselves and having them made in China. Mm. And who did you start the company with? I started it with three other people who, after a couple of years, decided that they didn't want to do it. It wasn't really working for them. So they left. And I, well, at the time, we had about a £40,000 debt. So I agreed to take on the full £40,000 debt for the full 100% ownership of the company. And where did that debt come from? Was that from loans? It was from loans. It was from, um, interestingly, after 9-11, the, the internet, the whole retail market just collapsed. Nobody was buying everything because everyone was stunned by what had happened. Mm. And um, so we decided to try and kickstart the sort of Christmas, because it was obviously going into Christmas, with buying newsletter marketing lists and we spent about 10 20,000 pounds on those so a lot of that 40,000 debt came from that wow 
I didn't know that after 9-11. Mm, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really tricky period, uh, obviously, you know, for the, everybody in, involved, but for the whole, the whole world to sort of have mm. an aftershock of it. So you spent money on buying marketing and email newsletters. Yes. Is that something you can do now after GDPR? No, no, we wouldn't do it now anyway. Yeah. Um, it, you know, in reality... Did that, it work that, at the time? Not really. You know, you've got to send them to a million people to get, you know, a couple of hundred to actually buy. Mm. So it just, it's not worth... Um, the, the, the return on investment. Mm. And then what? where was the turnaround for the company? So you um, you decided no longer to work with the other co-founders and you took the company back under your ownership. And then from there, like you've grown it to such a success. What did that journey look like? So, yeah, it was, uh, it's been challenging over the years. There's been many, many challenges, mainly thrown at us from Google because um, Google love to change their algorithm all the time and obviously that changes where you rank on, on the first page of Google. So yeah, the process basically was just to reinvest every penny we earned back into the business to try and build up a team that was big enough because when you start the company you're doing everything and you know, you're working from 7 in the morning till 2 or 3 in the morning and then you go, you you know, you go to bed, sleep for a couple of six hours, and you get up, and then you work all day and work weekends. So it's just about putting all your time and effort and focus into building it, and eventually you get to a point where you can employ people, and then they can help you, mm. and they can take some of the stress and some of the work, and obviously they can help drive it forward because you you can't do everything really well. You just do everything to a level where it's just enough to get you know move, yeah. to, to move forward. Enough to move forward with it. How did you get the infrastructure in place? So you bought the gifts, um, like in the early days, you bought the gifts from gift shows, and then from there, like how were they fulfilled? How were they shipped out to customers? So we we originally started with a fulfillment company. Um, well, originally we started in, in the spare bedroom with some racking that we bought from, you know, Halfords or Homebase. Um, and then we got to a size where we tried to use a fulfillment company. We tried two different fulfillment companies and both of them didn't really work. They didn't care enough about us as a customer because relatively we were quite small. Mm. So we decided to take it back in-house and do it all ourselves where we could control it, where we could make sure that we were delivering to the customer we were getting everything out that day because that was absolutely critical to build customer base just mm. to make sure that you met your customer promise. So mm. that was the key. So we took it in-house and then we got a warehouse and then offices and then the warehouses just grew and grew and grew. And it grew from there. Yeah. Has that journey been hard from that growth of, of trying out different ways of fulfilment and shipping and everything? Yeah, definitely. It's been very difficult because at the start, you've got no idea what you're doing. You know, I came from an automotive background. I've been an automotive engineer and I just decided that I'd always wanted to start my own business. And I thought, as I say, the Internet would be good. And it, it appealed to me because coming from an engineering background, we'd been I'd been trained about it's all to do with the numbers, the data. It's all to do with making decisions based on real information, just not not gut feeling. So, and I thought the internet gave that in terms of you can measure everything. You can measure the number of people that land on your site. You can measure how many times they view different things and how many times they buy. So the numbers that are available within internet retailing are quite fascinating. Mm. So if you take a really data analytical mm. approach to it. Yeah, we do. On the numbers side in terms of finances, so you had that initial £6,000 loan. Have you taken any other funding with the company, any other like external investments? Not external, no. We've done it all from funding internally and through the bank. 
So, yeah, obviously we have overdrafts and we have import loans to uh, pay for stuff that we're bringing in from China. But, yeah, it's all done self-funded, which is a blessing and a curse because, in a way, it's stopped us from growing as quick as we could have grown. But it, it also has enabled us to retain control. And you never know with investors, you know, in 2008, for example, you hear about businesses going bust all the time where people just call in their debts because they need them. And, you know, if you owe anybody or anyone money, then your business is finished. Mm. So in a way, it's it's been yeah, a blessing and a curse. What advice would you give for people looking to launch something perhaps in the gift or e-commerce sector? I, I'm not just saying this because I'm in the gift market, but I would not launch in the gift industry. Really? Yeah, because we do 50% of our turnover in about seven weeks of the year. So you have to carry the, the, the infrastructure and the resources for nine months to basically fulfill the requirement of the Christmas peak. Mm-hmm. And no matter how hard you try and increase birthdays and anniversaries and weddings and christenings and all the other f- sectors, uh, they're, they're still all pale into insignificance when it comes compared to Christmas. Because mm-hmm. Christmas is just, you know, people have got to buy for two, three, four, five, six people. And, uh, yeah, it's just Christmas is always 10, 10 plus fold what you would normally do in a normal month. And I suppose also financially you have to structure the company where you know that that big incoming is, yeah. is coming just at Christmas and then the rest of the year you perhaps don't have that level so yeah. you, have to, you have to be kind of careful in a way very much yeah and bi- and cash is obviously king you know it's an old adage but it's absolutely true and with without with a gift business you have to pay for all your stock in the run-up to Christmas to make sure you've got the stock to sell mm. and obviously you don't start getting the money in until you hit sort of Black Friday nowadays mm. um, so there's a massive cash drain on the business prior to your peak Mm. which is very challenging to fund and the summer months are very quiet for for gifting so you have to make sure that you retain enough cash in the business to fund you through the summer months Mm. what what changes have you seen in the retail sector in the years that you've been running your company so when we started it was relatively easy because there were probably half a dozen gift companies and we were all competing online but to rank on the first page of google for gift terms was easy obviously once the big high street brands and everybody else realized that there was an enormous revenue and opportunity on the internet then everybody's been plowing you know tens of millions of pounds into into getting themselves a presence on the internet and obviously we have to compete with the likes of John Lewis Debenhams, House of Fraser, Argos, Amazon, eBay, you know, everybody can sell gifts. So it's that's the other reason why I would say don't do gifts. Mm. I suppose the Amazon's influence is just so huge that yeah. it's very hard to, to price things, you know, better than Amazon and, and to fulfil in that way. You're really coming up with such a big competitor there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're a massive disruptor. They're a, you know, global game changer so yeah competing with amazon is very very difficult we we do sell through amazon because we feel like it's better to be in bed with the devil mm. than in, uh, you know looking through the window mm. hoping you were so yeah we uh we do deal with amazon but yeah it's very difficult because they won't talk to you you know if, if they, they say their customer service is pr- prime but when it comes to actually their suppliers and the people who sell through them, you know, you can't talk to them. Mm. Um, you know, things go missing, pallets of stock goes missing for weeks and weeks, and they say it's not their fault. And then after two months of arguing with them, they'll say, okay, yeah, yeah, we agree, we've found the pallet. Really? 
Yeah. yeah, so it's it's difficult. So yeah, Amazon have changed the landscape massively. Google obviously have changed it. Mobile phones have changed it mm. because people are more in the moment. They're browsing every minute they have an opportunity, but you've only got them for a small amount of time before they get distracted or they have to get on the train or get off the tube or you know their bus arrives so you've literally got micro moments to get their attention mm. and to try and get them to through the sort of purchasing funnel as fast as you can i suppose also people expect everything to be super quick so yeah. because of amazon prime are expected like i recently ordered something from m&s mm. and i was like oh my god it takes three days i mm. couldn't believe there was no express option to yeah. get it quicker because yeah. i've got in so in the mentality because i have prime of things being like the next two hours or prime now yeah you know, and you get it so quickly you do that you puts do. pressure on you as a, as a retailer of things yeah massive pressure so um yeah amazon same day delivery you know the only way we can compete with that is to partner with fulfillment companies across the entire country who can supply that so everyone's trying to catch up with amazon mm. but obviously because amazon makes so much money and um, yeah, it's, it's a challenge to keep up with them. Have you found fulfillment companies have worked? I mean, I know you mentioned those two in the past. Do you use? You don't use any now? Not now. We we tried one last year because we got to the point where we'd got too big for the warehouse we were in just mm. for December. So again, it's a, the scalability is the challenge. So rather than move to a bigger warehouse, we decided to just try and outsource the orders that we couldn't cope with in our warehouse because um, you know again we have to carry the warehouse for the whole nine months just when we need it mm-hmm. for December so we've we've used that and and the plan is obviously to use more if we can find a network of fulfillment companies that can offer things like same day delivery drone delivery if that thing if that mm-hmm. becomes a thing you know we've got to keep up with customers expectations and demands yeah to keep up with those trends yeah in, in to keep up with them otherwise they'll just go and shop elsewhere did you ever consider doing anything in the physical space would you have ever opened a shop or a pop-up yeah we've we've talked many many times about pop-up shops um it requires a completely different business model and infrastructure and again it would be at christmas and christmas is when we are you know at our capacity in terms of our resources so it's it would it would require a a massive strategic shift and yeah it's just at the moment it's just not on the roadmap Mm. what have you found is the best route for customer acquisition how do you get people onto the website and buying things as well yeah so best basically google organic um so that's the normal listings under all the paid listings google paid listings we've we've tried uh, facebook for a couple of years and had some success with that with facebook spend yeah with facebook advertising although you know the numbers they give you are not anything like the numbers that you get from google analytics for example so it's def- very difficult to uh, to work out an roi from the numbers that you get from facebook so yeah we test that um, Instagram, obviously, advertising is going to be a big thing for us next year. We've not done it this year because same challenges. I think it's important to look at areas of advertising that match your demographic. Mm. And our demographic is 70% female and it's the, the best spenders are sort of 25 to 55 and 35 to 55 spend the most and convert the best and they're on Facebook so that's why we do our advertising Mm. on Facebook so understanding what demographic you're going after um, before you do the Facebook spend yeah absolutely because I think I've seen a lot of young companies e-commerce platforms launching and putting like 
tons and tons of money into Facebook. And I suppose if it doesn't meet with the audience, then it, it's not going to convert. Exactly. Maybe in, maybe Instagram is a better way. But I would agree that I think your numbers, they always promise bigger numbers than you ever seem to get on spend. Yeah. Although it's quite efficient, efficient yeah. money. Yeah, it is. And in terms of um, growing and building a team, so you've got a, an office now and, and a team of people. What tips would you give for finding the right people to employ and help grow your company? That's a very good question, and that's something we challenge ourselves with every year because we have to continually evolve the interview process or the recruitment process. Um, we started off just having a quick, you know, half hour, forty five minute Q and A session with people, and as we sort of evolved, we've learned that you've got to really put people under a bit more of a microscope than that. So now we have a three-stage interview process where they come back on three different occasions. We we try and compress it into a small amount of time as possible because they don't want to be hanging around. They may be doing other job interviews, so you've got to make sure that you do it quickly. And we also give them practical tests to do that are related to the job. We'll show them the office. Um, we don't want people to join us and then think, oh, my goodness, this isn't right for me. Mm. And in the same thing, we don't want them uh, to join us and th- us think they're not right. So I read a stat that it said, you know, a, a poor hire can cost a company £35,000 in the first year um, because it's all the training that's required. So, yeah, getting the interview process is absolutely critical. We even take them to the pub sometimes really? and get them to meet the team. Yeah, because it's important that they gel together as a team. Yeah, finding the right fit, I suppose, yeah. is important. Yeah, but I would love, we, all, we as I say, every year we look at different ways and I, I'm thinking next year we try and do something different and, yeah, just take someone away for a day. Mm. You know, do something completely different, but something where you can get to know them as a real person because mm. everybody reads interview questions. You yeah. know, everybody's got prepared questions. Mm. And I think the other thing is when you ask them a question, you delve deeper into it. Like, why do you think that? What examples can you give me that, you know, make you, that illustrate that and, mm. and make me understand what you're trying to say? Mm. So just, yeah, delve deeper and deeper. And eventually, if, if if they've made something up, they will fail to, you know, give you an answer. And what kind of, what do you look for in, in when you're hiring? What kind of qualities do you look for in a person? Definitely determination, uh, willingness to take on challenges, someone who wants to achieve, someone who wants to, be in our in our business because you know we've hired people in the past and they said oh i didn't realize what your you know what what your business sold and it's like well you know we did discuss this in the interview and obviously we've got a website but sometimes i think people can come up with excuses why the fit isn't right for them once they've decided so Mm. yeah i think make sure that yeah you do all the work at the start Mm. have you found it um an easy process of growing the team and of finding the right people like, did you always plan to have a company of your size? I, I always, well, originally my plan was to be bigger than Amazon. So that was always my goal. Uh, that was back in the year 2000. And obviously it's uh, yeah, not managed to do that quite. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I never thought about how many people I would employ. I always sort of thought about how much revenue and how much profit we'd like to achieve. And then obviously after you've thought about those as the targets then it, the people need are needed to support that what do you think in terms of like the mindset of an entrepreneur what do you think you need to have in yourself and the qualities that you need to have to persevere with running your own company you definitely have to have determination 
You know, there's times when I've sat on the floor in my lounge with my head in my hands just thinking, how am I going to overcome this? How are we going to achieve this? Um, and, and you know, there's a lot of times where you you feel like you are the person making all the, res- the decisions and, and you've got all the responsibility because at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. Um, so there's quite a lot of pressure there. And especially when you employ a lot of people, you feel responsible for them all. You know, you, you, when we had a couple of years that were tricky when it snowed in 2010 and then Google did an algorithm update. And, you know, you have the conversations about making people redundant. Mm. And, it, you know, this is a difficult Why did time. the snow affect the company? So the snow hit us right in those three weeks in December. And it was that in 2010, it was like an Arctic winter. Mm. So the snow came. And then it just stayed minus five to ten degrees for those whole two weeks. And all the roads just iced up. And then mm. people like Amazon and Tesco were saying we can't get guarantee our deliveries for Christmas. And that meant everybody just stopped buying on the Internet. Mm. So instead of the sales going up and spiking, they just flattened and then they dropped. And that means you're left with, you know, 50 percent more stock than you planned. So I think we went into January with two million pounds worth of stock when we wanted about 500,000. Wow. So obviously then you spend the next year discounting the stock to turn it back into cash to make sure. And the ironic thing is you get you just about sell it out and it comes back to October again and you need to restock. <laughs> you need to buy it all yeah. again. So, so yeah, the snow and Google's algorithm, that was a, that was a challenge. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's, those are the main things. And how did you get through those times? It was just that mentality of determination? Determination, yeah. Um, definitely you've got to accept a challenge you've got to look at everything as a challenge not a problem Uh, I think you've got to have a passion for what you're doing as well you know you've got to have a passion for the people that you're working with you've got to have a passion for your customers you've got to have a passion for your products Uh, or if you're doing services you've got to have a passion for that because if you don't it's not authentic your message isn't authentic your your discussions with your staff aren't authentic and they can see that Mm. so it's it's important that yeah you have a passion um and that you love a challenge Mm. what do you think is the hardest thing about running your own business and also specifically running a business in the retail kind of gift sector the hardest thing is definitely adapting to change that's happening all the time and especially in the retail sector where it's it's it is revolutionizing you know the high street as we know it is dying so uh, you know i've got some quite strong views on the high street and i don't think it if it doesn't change radically then it is going to die um i think some big brands need to do some proper disruption to turn their stores into service and fun and entertainment places rather than just shops Mm. i think if they don't do that they're going to struggle uh, Marks and Spencers is a classic example. I'd love to get into Marks and Spencers, but anyway, that's a different <laughs> story. So yeah, I think um, that's that's definitely the key. What's well, what's the question? Um, what's the hardest thing about running your own business? Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, making the decisions that that really affect the business and seeing into the future. You know, doing the strategy planning and then thinking about what we're gonna what we're gonna be doing in three years time, five years time, ten years time, especially in an environment that's changing so quickly and obviously you've got someone like Amazon that's making and forcing those changes. Mm. Where do you think the retail industry is heading? So I think it's it's gotta evolve and I think I think that people will shop more online. I think they're gonna use things like augmented reality mm. and I think that makes the internet more 
viable because if you're buying a fridge, you can actually use an augmented reality, see it in your kitchen, and you can see it in exactly the right place of where it's going to go, the dimensions, everything. You could experience how it works. You can watch product videos. So I think it's definitely going augmented reality, and that's the way it's going to go. Mm, very interesting. And what do you think is the best thing about running your own business? The best thing is probably freedom. Um, although you don't have, like, macro freedom because you are working within your business and I've been doing it 18 years and I plan on doing it for another 18 years so you you don't have that sort of freedom that you can just chop and change jobs or companies or whatever but on a day-to-day basis you do get freedom to make choices it's nice when you make decisions and they're the right decisions mm. and everything's going brilliantly because ultimately you're responsible um yeah so those are the best things do you have anything that you would have done differently in the company like in the way that you ran it i think investing more in technology at the start um we we invest a lot in the technology of the website and our team of developers. But for ten for the first 10 years, we outsourced all the development of the website. And I think in hindsight, we should have had that internally because when we brought it internally, we were dealing with a 10-year-old legacy platform that had been built by somebody else and bits were bolted on here and there. And I think a lot of companies struggle with that. I know the banks are really struggling with that because they've got these old legacy systems. So I think in hindsight, we should have made the actual development of the website and everything that goes with it part of our core mm. strengths and we should have employed part some people internally. Yeah. Do you think it matters a lot about what the website actually looks like when customers are on it or is it just about the quality of the gifts? Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah, people have a subconscious expectation of what a website should look like. Um, I've met, read many books on designing websites, and the key thing is don't make me think. If you make a customer think about something, then there's an opportunity for you lo- to lose them in that micro moment. Mm. And it could be because they just get bored or they get frustrated. So I think making it look as good as possible, making it... Um, just seamless in terms of a customer experience from end to end and it's it's a challenging one because you want to give customers choice but if you give them too much choice that's too random then they get boggled by the the range of choice and they're more likely to just go because they're not you're not giving them what you want but it's very difficult to give all of your customers the right things because obviously you've got people from the age of 18 through to 55 purchasing for a variety of people mm. that those people who are buying the gift are all different and the people who are receiving the gift is different and you've got to somehow align all of those mm. to present the right product bring it all together mm. and what's next uh, for find me a gift what are you working on at the moment obviously christmas is coming up christmas is coming up so i i want to revolutionize the gift industry that's my plan so find me a gift was always about somebody being able to ring up or go online and then be found the perfect gift for them and make it as easy as possible because in reality buying a gift is quite a challenge for some people even people you know well it can be a challenge for so my focus this year and and next year is to really try and revolutionize that buying um pro pro, uh, path and Mm. just make it as seamless and as easy as possible for people 
Fantastic. Well, I wish you good luck with that. I'll be checking it later to buy some gifts for Christmas. Um, if people would like to find out more about the company or visit you on social or your website, um, where can they find you? Yeah, visit us on findmeagift.co.uk. And we'll, obviously we're on Facebook as well, as we talked about. And I think, yeah, the best thing to do is to get shopping now. Don't <laughs> wait for Black Friday. Everybody's <laughs> waiting for Black Friday. We will be running a few offers next week, so on the lead up to Black Friday. So, yeah, get yourself to findmeagift.co.uk. Thank you so much for chatting to me. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you've enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to subscribe, rate and review so more people can find the show. And if you're feeling inspired and think of pursuing a creative project of your own, then there's a home for you at Work Life. You can find out more at work.life. been a candy store production for work life hosted by angelica malin and produced by van connor t-shirt weather by poddington bear appears under creative commons 3.0 with podcast recording facilities in partnership with work life visit work.life for more information you can find us at candystoreproductions.co.uk planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 